When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. It was Mika Richards. It was Mika Richards. He was talking on Sky Sports, and he said he's always positive. Sometimes you wish he wasn't always positive or, like, as positive. Like he almost he said he was too nice. Something like he didn't mean that he was too nice. He meant that he was too nice with his feedback sometimes on the players. Whereas like they knew sometimes that something was wrong, and they probably could have given it to him a bit more. Right. What do you think that? I think Mika Richards should shut the fuck up. Hi guys, Jack Greenish here. Uh, delighted to say that I've signed a new deal with Aston Villa. That morning sky gave me a love. So I left while you were sleeping. That's all it took. And I chopped the line south down the coast. I don't think I could imagine a worse way to spend any night than watch Patrick fucking Bamford score three goals against your team. Jesus Christ, Patrick Bamford scored a hat-trick and he missed two sitters. Um, ugh, shambolic. And you know what the worst about it was, Liam, is that there wasn't one part of me all day today that thought Villa were going to get anything out of that game. I was actually just praying for a draw, not even during the game. <laughs> Especially during the game after the first half, I was like, okay, give us a draw. This would be a good start to the season. But all day, I just, I just assumed Villa were going to get beat. I watched the Leeds against Wolves and they were the better team and they lost. And I was just hoping that they would bring the same shooting boots for this. But um, Patrick Bamford didn't. He had two lovely finishes. Gifted him. We'll get into that in the analysis section just after this. But uh, uh, flat, flat night and crashing back down to earth with an almighty bang. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? It's, it is definitely the game I was least looking forward to. And I don't know, is that because I was thinking, I, I was certain we were going to lose to Liverpool and I accepted it. And I, I wasn't as worried about Leicester. Leicester, who were, until they collapsed, were in the Champions League last year. I was more worried about this game on the horizon. I don't know why. I just Maybe it was just because I really didn't want to fucking lose to Leeds United. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I just knew. Maybe I knew it was coming. Maybe I knew they were going to be too aggressive, too, ah, too up for it after the debacle of... Two years ago, I don't know. I don't know what it was. I just was not looking forward to it, and I was proved right. It was a fucking disaster. Well, do you want to know the good news? Is that because of what happened last season, this podcast format is designed for bad results. <laughs> so we we are actually in a great position here now. The Stoke game is the only game we lost so far this season, and nobody gave a shit about that much. Um, I don't think anybody even remembers. It was a League Cup, by the way, if you are wondering what I'm talking about. Uh, but now, like, here we are, lost to Leeds, got hammered by Leeds at home. This podcast is sitting in a perfect place. This is what it's here for. We're here to have... People are probably wondering, what the fuck is a WhatsApp one? What's what's the point of this? We just beat Liverpool 7-2. No, 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 no. We have lost 3-0 at home. Sit back and relax. And not to come in all Adrian Durham and talk sport on us, but Jack Grealish... 
Um, wasn't a good night for him. Like, the chance was amazing. Only Jack Grealish creates that chance. Put it away, man. No, no. You have a chance to put it away. He needs to roof that. He had, he had space. He had time. He, obviously, again, he's gotten himself into that position. But put that chance away and we're 1-0 up. <laughs> well, yeah, you're... Yeah, you're demanding that a player scores a goal after running past six players over 70 yards. <laughs> you're probably being a bit harsh. Um, but, yeah, he does... He does sit the two defenders down at the end, and I think he's got more time than he realizes. He can even take another touch and just put it past the keeper. It's terrible. It's a terrible finish in the end. But um, Jack Rudish wasn't. Yeah, he wasn't. He wasn't great. But I, I find it hard to look at the forward players. Um, and maybe we will get more into that. But like, they weren't given any help. He was. He was reaching for the game too much. I think. I think he. He could see the way the game was going, and he was. He was trying to impact it too much. He was trying to get on the ball a bit too much. He was holding on to the ball a bit too much. He wasn't. He wasn't doing things right, but he wasn't helped. Well, do you know what disappoints me most? So, uh, look, like Jack, Jack Reedish is my favorite player of all time, but he disappeared after the first goal. He didn't do anything after Leeds went on top. And again, I know the game didn't suit him. <laughs> Not the game didn't suit him. The game got away from Villa and the whole team collapsed. But Again, you're looking at him, looking for him to to even do that, drag them back into, get on the ball, come deeper, go to the other side, you know, come into midfield, and then just just showing of petulance then throughout the rest of the match. And I get anybody would be frustrated at Matt Target. We'll get into Matt Target loads, don't worry. But um, you know, just just at his teammates, and again, you know, just at the referee, like, and the referee like was good, but Greedy just sort of the referee suddenly doesn't like Greedy, and not because of John Moss last week, like the same way. Because Grealish is actually being petulant and he's whinging at stuff he shouldn't be whinging at when he needs to take his medicine. Uh, I, I don't know. I was just just a wrong attitude, like you know, just throwing his hands in the air and bitching at people. I think everybody reacted badly to going a goal behind, and I, I think it was just the case of the players almost seemed like they were expecting to go behind, and once it happened, they all had the oh well, there it is now. We're beaten. That's it. It's gone. And they all reacted in different ways. Jack Grealish reacted, as you just described there. Tyrone Mings. This is a persistent problem with Tyrone Mings. Whenever Villa go behind, Tyrone Mings is a fucking liability. It's like he's trying to disassociate himself from the from the embarrassment. Like he, he, st- he stops running. He's holding on to the ball too long. And they all, they all had their own idiosyncratic way of just letting their heads completely drop rather than trying to do something to adjust the game. And maybe it was because they were getting nothing from the bench either. Like Villa didn't change their system at all until Bertrand Trory came on and they went slightly more to two up top. But like yeah, everybody everybody just the worst of them came out whenever they went to goal down and the game was a nightmare from there on in. Let's talk Tyrone Mings. Um the lifting up of Patrick Bamford with one hand. I did enjoy that because Patrick Bamford is an unlikable character and he's probably being a bit of a twat to Tyrone Mings all game, and he, he stood on his ankle, then oh, he probably did hurt himself in hindsight as well. But I, I just like Mings getting up, grabbing him by the scruff of the neck, and saying, lift yourself off the ground, you twat. Well, he should have went over to Stockley Park and grabbed the VAR by the scruff of the neck. Bamford should have been sent off and yellow carded for that. Like, <laughs> it was unbelievable. It was, it, was a, it was a red card for stamping on Tyrone Mings, and it was a yellow card for trying to deceive the official. It was, it was fucking terrible, and they're checking the for red. a penalty. They're checking for a penalty. Fine, check for a penalty. Whenever you see that it's not a penalty, what happened? What actually happens there? He stands into Road Mings, so you've seen that because you've seen it's not a penalty. So what did he do? Not that it fucking mattered anyway. Villa was shite, but that was just really <laughs> annoying. <laughs> but did he mean to stand on him? Like it reminded me a bit. Yeah, of he stretches his leg out. It was like, but, but Mings is lying on the floor. He's trying to turn. He has to put his foot somewhere. Ah, like, like, he doesn't have to put it two yards to his right. He's trying to put it on Tyrone Mings to, to make the contact. Stuart Atwell, he was good. Uh, again, again, like you can sort of lose sight of that when your team loses 3-0. But I need to keep an eye on this guy a bit more because I, I, I like the cut of his jib. Um, like he, Well, in fairness, he gave Villa a couple of... A couple of decisions early on where you're like, oh, geez, they're getting away with one there. But then that, that was just sort of set in the terms of engagement throughout the whole match then. And everybody sort of knew that. They, they all got up to that speed. 
things were being let play and well actually in hindsight it probably wasn't a good game to be playing Leeds because they're more frantic and that suited them but I, I like sure that well uh, yeah, and you just touched on what I was going to say there um you don't want Stuart Atwell against fucking Leeds because <laughs> you need him to be given fouls, you need him to be blowing the whistle because there was just about the 70th minute, it just it started turning and Leeds were just overrunning, overrunning, overrunning. And it was just like, oh, give, give that. Like, it's a soft free for Villa, but we need it. We need it. Stuart, where's your fucking whistle? <laughs> yeah, good referee, good performance, but I have to tell you, <laughs> no, this is a half hour internet research. I just saw it as I was Xing out of the tab, but he's 38. Looks a lot older than 38. <laughs> it's. Just, just be careful, Stuart. Just be careful. Um, all right, let's rip this thing apart. We'll get into analysis here. Let's start with the second goal. Ross Barkley gives the ball away to play a pass that there's nobody there. He's not, I don't know what pass he sees. Um, and then he just gets ran around by Click, who has about 10, 15 meters to get up towards him, just runs by him. Barkley just gives up. Then Mings, as you say, the idiosyncrasies come out in all these players. Mings drops back 10 metres behind Kanza to watch all this unfold. And Kanza has to go from right centre-back over to left because Mings has taken up that position where he'll sit in front of Martinez and do nothing or maybe deflect it in. Kanza can't get across in time and it's a good finish from Patrick Bamford. Just shit, shit, shit. Yeah, no better place to start than the second goal. Um, Yeah, I think he left out two things there about Ross Barkley. He... He played the terrible pass, but then he just runs completely out of position, sprints mad out of position. And maybe that's something I'll come back to in a second, but the, the guy runs around him, but he runs around him whenever Ross Barkley half-heartedly tries to foul him. And then the other thing he left out is Ross Barkley just stands there. He doesn't bother getting back then. He just watches the rest of the play develop. You're playing, up. Against, yeah. playing against Leeds United. Get fucking back. That's what you have to do because they're putting everybody forward. Um <laughs> And yeah, like the Mings and Kansa, you described that pretty well. Like, yeah, not that guy. It was all, that was all about Barkley. It was terrible. Well, this was all funny on Sunday night when we were comparing Ross Barkley to Cristiano Ronaldo four weeks after I was worrying about him becoming like Danny Drinkwater. We saw a bit of Danny Drinkwater tonight. The lad coming from Chelsea thinking, oh, what? I have to work hard for these numpties. We're losing to Leeds. I'm fucked. I'm tired. I haven't played that much football. Yeah, like, but we're, we're picking up one button. Sorry, hang on a second. Neither, only one of us compared him to Cristiano Ronaldo. But, um, <laughs> and Danny Drinkwater. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> sorry, I was so flustered there. Um, no, he, like, Ross Barkley wasn't alone, though. So I, I don't want to pick on him for what seemed like a, a lack of zip, a lack of energy. Like, they, they were all at it. Um, but that, that second goal was was a nightmare he was the only one that got really badly found out for it third goal the Matt Target goal um, he loses the ball then he just gets it taken by him out in the wing then he makes his way into the box Patrick Bamford's taking about 10 seconds to decide what to do as Matt Target it's the saddest thing I've ever seen the way he puts his hands up into the air and, and turns and says you're playing a fucking football match and he like I can't, I can't, like, I will never get that image out of my head, the way he, the way he caresses uh, Bamford into position. He's almost guiding him like, like he's in an old person's home trying to help somebody to the toilet. It's just so gentle and so considerate. It's like the most infuriating thing I've ever seen. But yeah. Especially because of the stupid, tired look he had in his face since the 22nd minute. Yeah, he didn't get him to the toilet either. Bamford shot all over him. It was, it was <laughs> fucking, it was pathetic. But like, I love a good Matt Target one just as much as the next fellow fan. But there was four of them standing watching Bamford just caress the ball into the net. Like one of he's put on a foot. Patrick Bamford can't skin you. It's, it's not. It's not. He's not that type of player. It's not in his game. Somebody put on a foot there. He's not. He's not gonna nick it away from me. Fucking block him. He's about to shoot. He's on, two, he's on two goals already. He's loving this. He's rubbing this into Romang's face. He's going to shoot. There's no secret here. Block the fucking shot. What about, what about Leeds targeting the fullbacks? Villa just seemed completely exposed time after time. We, we actually predicted this earlier in the season that 
that that was going to happen because of the players that Villa play in midfield. Like Leeds went after that. Matt Cash dealt with it very well, but like time and time and time and time again, he he was left two on one or one on one at the very least. Matt, Matt Target didn't deal with it well. Like it was just relentless and nothing changed to try and address it. Yeah, I mean, the, the first problem was that, and this comes back to Barclays in the second goal as well. Villa were caught between between two tactics. They were they were neither conceding the game to Leeds and then hitting them on the break. Nor were they pressing them and going for you know front foot football. Like I'm, I'm obviously a much bigger fan and proponent of front foot football. But some games call for something different. Like I would have had no problem with Villa sitting in and then picking leads off. Mm. But you know, when you win it back, you have to sit in. When you win it back, then be brave on the ball. Like it's, it's not like you're going against all your principles. You can still pass the ball once you get it, but you just have to not let leads do that. Leeds put eight men forward for every attack. So there's space there. Like there's there's nothing but space. Leeds are going to be spanked a few times this season. Make no mistake about that. I mean they're they're really well coached. They're really aggressive. They're really adventurous. But the players are shit. They're they only look good because they're all getting each other out of holes because they're 15 men. Sorry, there's eleven men available whenever you've got the ball, because they're all just sprinting into position for you. You just ha- you have to be disciplined. You have to be calm. You have to be brave, and you need to have quality on the ball. And Villa didn't have any of those tonight. All of those elements were missing from Villa's game tonight. Yeah, when when Fulham were scoring three goals against you, like they did against Leeds, you, yeah, you know you're <laughs> you're having problems at the back because Phil- Fulham are one of the worst teams I've seen in top flight football. Uh, like you mentioned, a good point there. Like th- this is almost a. Um, a problem with Villa winning four games in a row. It was like they didn't want to... I'm not sure what they're right. They didn't want to just concede that we're not going to take the game to them because things have been going so well. They've been playing such good football. They have Barkley and Grealish and McGinn on top form before before tonight. You know, So they, they wanted to sort of show that off almost. Like, so, And they, they were caught between two, but this was a game where you had a play like Villa did against Leicester over the two legs of the... The League Cup semi-finals last year, uh, an amazing swashbuckling counter-attacking team who could rip you apart with a couple of passes. So Villa played five at the back, and they just kept everything tight, and they got their goals. They picked them off. That that was the game for it. But I wonder was it because Villa had come in four games in a row now at home against a newly promoted team that they didn't do that. They did almost didn't show them enough respect. But it's not even respect. It's just sense. Leeds want to counter-attack you. It suits them better because. They're fit, they're adventurous, as you said, and they're going to throw everybody forward, and that's going to expose you if you're not tuned in for every single time they try to go forward quickly. So almost, I think teams looking at this now will see that Villa have a susceptibility to counterattack, and I wonder will they all sit back and let, uh, invite Villa on? Well, like, yeah, so there's a couple of things there. I think if other teams see that Villa are susceptible to the counter nobody else is going to counterattack like that. That doesn't happen in world football. Like that, that that's that's insane, you know. That's like no other no other manager would attempt to do that. But the rewards are there for it. It's, it's a brilliant system. I mean, if you've got eight options every time you've got the ball, then you'll score a lot of goals. But um, so no one else would do that. So I wouldn't be I wouldn't be that concerned about that. But the other thing, yeah, if they're if they were afraid to take a step back because they won their first four games, then don't take a step back. Then commit to it. Play, play, play in their face. Like I, I, I just think that would have been stupid because Leeds have been building towards this for two years. You know, like Villa don't have the same fitness as Leeds. You can't go man for man. They've, Leeds have been playing this way for the last for the last two years, and you can't just do that overnight. You can't just adapt to that. You can change your system between games, but you can't change it to that. That requires that requires months and months and months of preparation and playing like that and huge fitnesses. And not having Trez again, Matt Target in your team. Oh, uh, like again, they'll they'll come up, but they're, they're just such weak links. Like, do you know after the first half, right? Leeds were Leeds were a better team, but I was happy enough after the first half because I, I was genuinely thinking, and like you know, I, I, it's it's very it's very raw and tough coming off the back of conceding three goals in the second half and just dying out completely, but. Uh, there was a part of me that just jotted down, oh, Villa are actually just a really good team now. 
<laughs> you know, and I, I like like Leeds will catch teams like that as well. You know, again, maybe just close in on Matt Bamford, take the Patrick Bamford, take the ball off him. But you know, there was a there was a bit of ignorance about Villa in a good way. Like you know, did they were just sort of pushing people off the ball. Watkins was just taking balls that he shouldn't have won. Like Villa are good. Matt Cash takes balls he shouldn't win. John McGinn's arse takes balls he shouldn't win. Like just there, there was ignorance. It was just like. They were they were just winning scrappy ball and then being able to attack a game with it or just just control the play again for another five minutes, which obviously takes pressure off you. But every time, it was just like there's just two clear weak links in the team. Not not even like looking to pick on them for anything specifically, no. But the other players are just a good bit above them, and you could see it even like at halftime. Ross Barkley, which probably wasn't a great pass, he tried to try to set Trezeguet away, but. He was just so annoyed at Trezeguet. Like, and I think that's going to happen more and more, especially if you're not winning, when it's so obvious that these players are worse than the other nine. Yeah, uh, like yeah, Trezeguet had a lot of uh, a lot of bad moments in that game, but like, everybody did as well. Yeah, like Trezeguet misses an absolute sitter. You could probably say it was a great pass to Grealish because he sees he was about to get blocked down. But that's being very kind. Um, he just completely mishits the ball, and that one just before half time is pathetic. Like you're playing against Leeds United, be switched on. Like the, the whistle's about to go for half time. You have to get to the ball or the ref's gonna blow the whistle. You have to get to the ball anyway. You're playing a fucking football match. And he just <laughs> like Leeds have all their players on the pitch. Stop waiting for the ball. Go to the ball. Letting the big centre half just come out and hoof the ball away. Ah, it was really fucking annoying. But yeah, like after tonight was a oh, it was so annoying. <laughs> but, but hang on, like Trezeguet also got teed up by a Leeds player. In the centre of the goals, 19 metres out, with only one defender in front of them, like, so it wasn't like a packed box. Somebody somebody in the Leeds team set Trezeguet up, and he decides to try and take somebody on, somebody who's got 10 metres to watch him try to take him on. And obviously, they just take the ball off him. I was like, just hit it. Like, he might not score, but he's in the centre of the goals at the edge of the box. It's it's rolled to your right foot. It, just, it was just... Like just decision-making as well. That's like we, we talk about when people make the right decision. That's okay. Trezeguet isn't always going to make the right decision because he's just not up to that standard. No, he's not. But like it, everybody made mistakes tonight. I mean, the first the first fifty minutes of that game went exactly as I expected it to go. I thought the first half filler are going to be shell shocked. Like they've never played against anything like this before. This is going to really, really hit these players. And I, I was right. They were like Leeds were by far the better team. But there wasn't really Patrick Bamford missed two chances. Big deal, like you can see two chances against everybody. Harrison looked dangerous. There was a couple of crosses, but it was fine. First half was fine. In the first five minutes of the second half, Villa had a bit more control. And I was like, yeah, this is exactly what I expected to happen. They'll get on top now. Same way Wolves did. But Jesus just went to pot then. And then you started looking back at Villa's chances, like, ah, oh, like, you know, we could, <laughs> we could have done with those in hindsight. And maybe had Villa scored, it would have been an entirely different game because they might have just sat back then. They might have just gone. Nine men behind the ball. Well, let's get into WhatsApp winges. No better night for it. Mr. Bombastic. We want is a bombastic, romantic, fantastic lover. Trezegui has lost his belly. <laughs> <laughs> Full stop. That's uh The only thing I can say to that is I'm surprised you could tell because... I didn't realize Trezeguet was playing. <laughs> so I didn't see him on the pitch, so I don't know how you didn't see his belly. <laughs> What's up, Winges? Let's do it. How unfit are these cunts? <laughs> uh, are they doing anything? Are they doing any fitness work at all? This, they, it, like watching Leeds really makes you wonder what the fuck everybody else is doing. <laughs> I actually thought, how simple is football that a team can come along and just be a bit fitter than everybody, like or or become much fitter so much quick quicker, and 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 it's like you blow everybody else out of the water. Leeds are going to storm through the the Premier League now. I know they're obviously got a good coach as well, but they're just way above everybody else. Surely at this level, everybody should be the same fitness. It's mad. It's absolutely mad, and. This this really helped Liverpool you know, over the last two years as well. They've slightly adapted their system now because people were sitting in against them and people will eventually just sit in against Leeds and that will stop them as well. But 
like, yeah, it was, it's like it's it's so noticeable that it's it's almost comical. <sighs> Is Dean Smith surprised Leeds want to overload on a counter attack? <laughs> oh God, um, no! Like it's a hard it's a hard one. It really is a hard one to know what happened tonight because I don't know who to blame. Like we we've mentioned that Villa were caught between two what looked like they were caught between two tactics, but the players all played so individually badly. They seemed to give up. They seemed to be shocked. I don't know. It must have just been a combination of of Dean Smith and the players because it was just it was all wrong. Is Dean Smith surprised Leeds are really good on the brick? That goes into the same the same category as the previous one, yeah. Like, but that's the thing. So, like we mentioned this when we were talking about the tactics, like yeah, commit to it, just sit in. It's grand. Like, you, like you'll you'll stifle them. They'll have nowhere to go. Like Leeds are good at knocking the ball around as well, but that's because they've got so many options and you've got so many gaps. So don't give them the gaps. Is Dean Smith going to fucking do anything? <laughs> yeah, I like. Um, and we've come back to this a lot. Like how many Villa have used thirteen players over the last three games? That's yeah. that, that's a problem. Um, he obviously doesn't trust the squad yet, or doesn't trust the squad just. Um, I mean, I mean, I think they've used seventeen players all season, but like you know, you can you can discount Hurahan, like you know, because Hurahan and Barkley is the same player, so that's one player gone. Ramsey came on whenever they were. They were winning three 0 against Fulham. Nakamba came on twice in the first two games as well, just because he likes taking off Hurahan. Um, like you know, they've 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 used very few players. Keenan Davis came on whenever they were winning. You know, it's like the squad's not there, and we and we knew the squad wasn't there to to begin with. So I don't know. He could have he could have done something with the system. He could have told them to sit back in. There's a yeah. lot of things he could have done tactically, but in terms of personnel. It wasn't there, and maybe because of that personnel, he thinks he's he thinks he's confined tactically then as well because he doesn't think they can do anything else. I mean, once you've got Barkley and McGinn on the pitch, you're committing to you're you're almost committing to not sitting in. You know, it's uh, like yeah, it's a it's a tough one. He doesn't he doesn't think he has the players, so he doesn't think he can do anything with a system. I I don't think that's true. We've seen them play different ways. We've seen them play differently against Leicester I don't know yeah no it didn't look like he was going to do anything and Tree just brought on Trory then that was it <laughs> well they, yeah the same stuff like, all he did was bring him on 15 minutes earlier than he usually does like <laughs> you know and I, I get it but he, yeah he, d- he definitely didn't do anything tactically which is really frustrating it's probably Matt Cash is the only one who, who's really upset by that because he was the one being targeted you know he he could like he's got he still has McGinn and I know what you're saying, but he still has him and Dougie who can adapt. Like they'll do whatever they're asked. They're dogs, you know. They they can they can go even deeper. They can go even wider if you need them to. You know, it just they just didn't try to. They didn't react to anything. I was really disappointed at how surprised he did seem at Leeds. I know we mentioned him being on the break twice, but like going down the wings or being intense. Like the the other one is going to ask is: Is Dean Smith surprised that Leeds are intense and fit? You know, and I I get the point of the the personnel, right? Because, like I said, the nine players are so far above Target and Trezeguet, so obviously they're even further above the the backups that you have. But they're not that far above them then when they're down at fifty percent of their fitness levels, or you know, even further in some cases. And again, like you still you need to give these boys chances. You know, what's the point of giving Keenan Davis a contract? At? And I get that his thinking. It's like, well, we're going to take off Ollie Watkins. It was like maybe not, maybe you do, but. Do you bring him on and, and put a rocket up his arse and say, you get us a goal, change this match for us? You know, get, get, like have a word in one of their ears and say, like, you have a chance here. Might not work out, but again, when you're losing 3-0 and you're getting hammered, just do something, please. Like, how, how was Keenan Davis going to get him the goal, though? Like, you know, that, that wasn't happening. Like, I, like I, maybe, yeah, maybe you go back to two low blocks and bring on Keenan Davis for a bit of, uh, a bit of running in behind up top. I don't know, like... Like, I I definitely would have dropped two blocks in, and just, even even when they went down to one nil, because leads don't change. Like leads might as well be nil all for the whole game. It's insane. Mm. 
I so I would have done that, and especially once it's like you could just see Leeds were getting on top. That game was only going like had that game ended six 0 you'd just had to say yeah, fair enough. Like even at the end there, with uh, Harrison on the wing and he hits the side netting like an absolute idiot. Yeah, there were six Leeds players in the box, including Harrison. Five teammates in the box, and there was only three Villa defenders. Like that, that's like it's three 0 and it's the ninety fifth minute. That like that's what he was up against. So he should have. You should have stopped that. Like you had to react to Leeds. This is the thing that worries me. Like especially that last chance. Like Hernandez missed one just before that as well. Like you know he was in the box of all the space and that one especially. Like all the Villa players just gave up. It was like they knew it was the last attack. Another counter attack. All those players sprinting forward. I'm not going to make a difference as one person. You know, so none of them bothered going back. Like they all, they all had that same attitude. I, I, I just fear now that Villa are in. They're coming off that pitch going, Jesus, what a team they are. They're amazing. You know, and they just got that inferiority complex immediately because they got hammered by Leeds. And like how much is that going to affect them then going forward? I just I just don't like that idea that they're going off there thinking Leeds are way better than them. And the reality is is that they just tried harder. Nah <laughs> nah, you need you need to fucking relax. Like Leeds didn't just okay, Leeds didn't just try harder. They're just a better coach team who 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 are fitter than Aston Villa, and that really really showed tonight. Like Villa beat Liverpool seven two, they beat Leicester one nil, they beat Sheffield United, the you know the darlings of English football last year. Like Villa have twelve points from five really tough games on paper. They're one point off top of the table. They're not going to go into the Southampton match with this hanging over them. Like if if they are, then Dean Smith's really cocked up. He's got a week now to get them ready for Southampton. Focus on the other four games. Forget about this. This is an anomalous game. Like if Villa, if Villa beat Leeds three 0 in the return fixture, I wouldn't be surprised. No, I wouldn't be either. Like I genuinely, I think I text you at halftime saying Leeds are far too frantic. You can't, you can't judge how this game's going to go. Like I, I didn't feel good about the game beforehand or at halftime. And in fairness, that's because Leeds were sort of on top. But I wouldn't have been surprised if Villa won that three 0 as well. Yeah, like again, I like no. This can't affect. This can't affect Villa's next couple of weeks. There's no way. Next one, Ross Barkley doesn't like it up him. I wrote this down at nil nil at half time. I think, and he we had a couple of nice passes. We tell he's a good player, but Friday night, Leeds are in town. They're up for it. Ross Barkley isn't. Yeah, I like. As much as you as you were talking about Trezeguet and Tar, I thought Ross Barkley was the worst player on the pitch tonight. You I think so? He, I thought he was terrible. I thought maybe it's because I expect more from him. Um, but I, I thought he was absolutely brutal, particularly in the second half. Um, the second goal we've talked about that. That was just that was so shit. But yeah, no, you're right. He, I'm really surprised. That I I thought Ross Barkley would revel in this, and Ross Barkley has always. Has always claimed he wants to play in midfield. Well, tonight's your fucking chance to play in midfield against those absolute maniacs from Leeds United. Show that you're a midfielder. Like Ross Barkley fancies himself as a box to box. Ross Barkley wouldn't get fucking near that Leeds team. <laughs> like he, like he's nowhere near, nowhere near the effort, the energy, the the mental fortitude to to be playing in that Leeds midfield. In a Mar- Marcello Bielsa midfield, Ross Barkley's a much better footballer than everybody in that Leeds midfield. But like, he's not, he's not getting near that team. <laughs> it's funny, I, I quickly had to take this out, um, but I'd written it down when it was nil-nil. Leeds are missing a pile of chances. Seen them miss a pile of chances against Wolves as well. Chatting to a Leeds fan today, talking about how they, they always miss a pile of chances. And I, I wrote down, is the price you pay for having a team of players who do exactly as you tell them to? means you have a team of players who can't finish their fucking dinner. <laughs> and then, of course, Patrick Bamford finishes three lovely finishes. So I, I took it out. So we're not going to talk about that. <laughs> the next one. Jack Release needs to get his fucking finger out. Uh, the funny thing about this is that I wrote this 30 seconds before he went on that run. <laughs> and he took the whole pitch and did something that nobody else in the Premier League could do. And then fucking missed when we went one nil up. But just before that, he, he, he was doing badly at the very start of the second half. Didn't have a great first half. He was still, like he was still doing stuff again that nobody else could do in the pitch. 
which is the standards that we we hold him to. But he tried to take on somebody down the left, and he just hit the side net, move his cross, and it was like, what is this? Again, nil nil. We don't need Jack Grealish doing that. We need him going and winning the game. He definitely almost did that then. But like I say, I wrote this down before that. But after that chance, Leeds went up and scored, and Grealish disappeared. Yeah, yeah. Um, like, yeah, I'm not going to get dragged into slagging off Jack Grealish. <laughs> Fair enough. I don't ever want to see my target ever again. <laughs> We're going to have to rename this podcast if he stays in the fucking team after January. <laughs> like, you know, I, t- I tweeted out there off the account. If you're not following it, the Villa podcast, you'll get us on Twitter. Uh, I tweeted out saying, were you a Matt Target injury now next week? You know, he was just crying out to be taken off there, wasn't he? Yeah, like I was, I, I was, I was actually thinking like, you know, tonight, right? I'm, I'm not going to, no matter how badly he plays, I'm not going to go after Matt, Matt Target because it's, <laughs> it's going to look like I've got an agenda and I knew he was going to be so badly found out tonight. Like I, could, I just knew it. And just during the whole game, I was just biting my lip. It's like, don't even bother thinking about it, Liam, because you'll only remember it for the podcast. You don't want to be talking about him. It's grand. You've made your point. My target's shit. Everyone knows you think he's useless. Stop saying it. It's a waste of time. But Liam... He doesn't he help is, himself. He doesn't he help himself. useless. <laughs> <laughs> he he looked like... um, I've, ne- I've never seen... Anybody in any walk of life, and any never mind football, I've never seen them look so tired in all my entire time on this planet. Like it looked like you know when you're playing Mortal Kombat or something like that, or you know Smash Brothers, and you've got like you, you, like one more hit and you're dead. Like you know your 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 health is that low that like anything that hits you know you're going to just collapse on the ground. It looked like he was going to collapse of his own like of his own doing with, with nothing happening to him he just looked spent like very early on in the second half yeah th- there was a moment in the first half and I think Ross Barkley just looped a header into the goalkeeper's hands and he immediately bowled it out to the right to Leeds's right wing and I could see Target turn and desperately run back and I was like oh fuck we're in trouble here because he is not getting back but then Matt Cash comes flying across and takes ball and fourth official with him. And I said, Jesus Christ, thank God we've got one fullback. But it was just, you could see, you could just see the fear in Target's eyes as the ball was lofted over his head. And it's not even like the keeper zipped it out. It was kind of floated out over his head and just Matt Target, the fear of thinking, oh no, I have to run. Like it was, ah, like it was just trepidation immediately in my stomach. It's like, oh, we're 1-0 down now. That's it, done. Because he's not fucking getting back. He can't. And I started feeling sorry for him. That was the worst thing about it. I started taking pity on him. This lad that we spent 18 million on, give thousands day a week. And I'm feeling sorry for him because I'm expecting him to run. (laughs) The last thing he wants to do. Oh, Anyway. Yeah, we're getting into some categories. We've got some awards to hand out. Roy Keane thinks Scott Parker is a dweeb. <laughs> in one single moment, your whole life can turn round. I stand there for a minute, staring straight into the ground. Looking to Roy Keane thinks everybody's a dweeb. I just thought every time he cut back from Parker being interviewed, for some reason he's been interviewed two or three times before the game, and uh, talking shit obviously, and, <laughs> and every time he cut back, it looked like Roy Keane was holding on a laugh, and it looked like you know Carragher had that little knowing look that he has sometimes, you know when he knows what somebody's laughing at or whatever. Like, he's a proper football bloke, you know, and he, he tries to pretend that he's intelligent as well, so then pretentious football writers can get behind him. Scott and Roy Keane, just, that's absolute fodder for Roy Keane, you know, he, he, he snuffs that out immediately, he hates bullshit, and you're right, he hates Scott Parker. 
Like even at the end of that game, the story isn't fucking Scott Parker. The camera's on Scott Parker's face. Aston Villa have just climbed into the Champions League places, never to be dislodged. That's the story. It's not fucking Scott Parker getting spanked again. Categories. <laughs> the Matt Target blowing out his arse award. <laughs> Goes to <laughs> either Matt Target or Ross Danny Drinkwater Barkley. <laughs> Who do you say? Uh, I would say ah, give it to Ross Barkley. He deserves yeah. it. Are you serious? Yeah, fuck it. No, I can't. I I I have to I have to overrule. You have to give it to Matt Target for for two reasons. Uh, the very end, Jack Grealish gave up a pass. He had two defenders drawn to him and he played Matt Target on down the left. And it took so long to get there and so long to adjust his 3D. It was just, it was just complete fatigue. He'd hit the wall that he ended up just hit, hitting it off his own ankles off the player. Then it bounced up into there for Target to win it. He turned around twice to try and see where the ball was. And whoever the Leeds player was, I think it was Dallas, just ran out of it. And Grealish looked at him and put his two hands on his face. <laughs> two meters away from him. target target knew in that moment like i am a bert like yeah. you know i i am just useless and like also like i said the the non-tackle on patrick bamford for the second goal i i just okay. I, or the third goal sorry I, I i just can't get over like that image of how polite he was like i know you said there was more people around him but they were in position to block a shot sir like you know it was a very good shot man like he had presented the ball to Matt Target facing away from the goals, and Target just oh, very gently moves out of his way. It, it it makes me sick to my stomach thinking that there's a Villa player being so polite to a player like that in the box. Like, I have a bit of sympathy. He nearly died tonight. <laughs> the IC Westwood. Oh, he was playing award. Three nominees. Trezeguet. Um. Yeah, just you know, I know we 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 slagged him off before, but he did he didn't do anything tonight. Not even his his hard work. Just very very disappointing. Ah, Trezeguet was uh, yeah. Like I, I I I don't even think I need to hear the next two nominees, but go on anyway, just so we can John slag McGinn. off on our two lads. <laughs> John McGinn. Ah. Uh... Yeah, John McGinn wasn't great. He did he did a few things. He tried to do a few things. I think Villa that just reminds me of something I twice I saw John McGinn try to play try to play diagonals. And Villa must have thought that, that was that was on a lot, but they were so fucking bad at it in the first half that he didn't take advantage of it because it was on. So that's yeah. something that Dean Smith clearly thought was an attacking avenue. And there was a number of times in the first half where you could just see Jack release with his hands up because the pass was fucking shite out to him. Was either played out to target a left back or played towards the goalkeeper, and Jack Grealish is just in the middle, not getting the ball whenever Dallas isn't there. It was yep. ah, so fucking annoying. So I I saw John McGinn do that a couple of times. So you know I saw him. So he's not an Ashley Westwood's category. <laughs> like he started off all right again. Like we, we mentioned his arse earlier on. You know he was he was getting stuck in. He was turning like he does. Like he he just gives you such a good platform. Look, I'm still mad about John McGinn, and I'm still delighted that he's. He's obviously back to the John McGinn we know because he gives you that platform higher up the pitch because he turns on the ball so well and takes players out with his arse. It's an amazing quality. But um, just, yeah, just died out like a game. Just, we needed more from him. We needed more from that whole midfield. And like you mentioned those passes, they were just trickly, just watery passes. They were actually Westwood passes, you know, just non, non-committal. non You're afraid to hit it too hard in case, you, like, that's not what was happening, but it looked that way with the... The pace that was on them, and they were being caught out quite often. And then there's also a shot at the end, decent shot. But like, when was the last time again hit the target with a shot? It's a long time ago. Yeah, ah, uh, yeah. He scored a goal that was deflected in when it was going. It was going wide. Yeah, <laughs> it was going well wide as well. <laughs> last nominee, Ollie Watkins. Oh, yeah. Started off well. Uh, I think a text you just sent. Ollie Watkins is really good. He is. He's obviously really good. Uh, again, probably not all his fault. Obviously, not all his fault. The team were were really bad. 
but yeah i just don't know where he went when all this was happening it just seemed to be in the wrong place a lot of the time especially when villa were trying to get a bit of pressure relieved yeah i just just can't remember him in the second half really yeah he went a bit missing in the second half but the game went away from villa in the second half entirely ah like ollie Watkins is 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 being really hard done by to be put into the same category as trezeguet tonight <laughs> missed a bad chance or later on, Ross Barkley pulled him through. Yeah, so. he's not in a great. He's not got a great angle, and he hits it well, pulls it across. Like whenever Villa don't score, I think that looks a lot worse. That's just a that's just a normal miss in the course of a football game. I think if he scores from there, you're saying that's a brilliant finish. So I, 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 I'd feel bad to say that was a bad miss. So I think we're in agreement. Mahmoud Trezeguet wins. Absolutely, hands down. The vitamin meter going down. <laughs> Mahmoud Tresigi. The fucking just... floor's going to fall out of the vitamin meter tonight. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of people here. Tresigi, uh, we don't need to talk about him too much more, but like the one thing that he's, he's featured here a lot is going up because he was bringing a lot of heart, a lot of effort. This is two weeks in a row now he's going down. And tonight, uh, again, it's a different game. Leeds are a different animal. But he wasn't even pressing. He looked tired as well. I think this is a product of the whole team being stretched so often. You know, so there's a couple of times where he might have looked lazier than normal, but he's thinking, what's the point of me pressing here when there's nobody behind me? So maybe that's harsh enough, but just he didn't bring that same energy. He didn't, he didn't bring anything tonight. So like normally his base level is energy. That wasn't there. Ross Barkley going down for all the reasons we mentioned. Anything else you want to add to that? No. Matt Matt Target is going down and I don't know if he if it is possible that he can go down anymore now after this week I think he is at the floor he is yeah he absolutely is Matt Target is has been shit all season and we we identified it early on he's when's Matt Target gonna cross the ball again that's what I that's what I'm asking myself now yeah like he's, he's just drilling the ball into the fullback's feet and so many times as well, the fullback has turned his back expecting a cross and it just hits off his calves and goes out of play. Like, it, it's fucking embarrassing. Cross the fucking ball. <laughs> but, the, but you know what the biggest problem with that is? Is that we said this last week, the standards have raised. The Villa play with more pace and purpose. My target has taken far too long to catch up. Like, he's, he's like physically, he's, he's not getting up to the pitch of the play. He can't catch up with Jack Grealish. When he does get there, he's not an option because the fullbacks know this guy's fucked. You know, and like Greedy sort of has to look over his shoulder, not even like ahead of him or to his left. He, he's aware the target's coming, but he knows he's just, he's not offering a real threat. I don't know if target's sort of half hiding there, but when he, when the rare times he does get the ball then off Grealish or whoever it is, he's almost always like has somebody on him because he's not going with any purpose or pace. Like Jack Grealish ran past him in a defensive situation tonight. <laughs> Like, you know, fuck off. I mean, I'm pretty sure Target lost the ball, but I remember Grealish then having to sprint past him and you could see Grealish realised he had to do it. Yeah. Like, that's that's a bad sign. Do you have anybody else going down? I actually have three people going up, which is a surprise considering tonight, but I think I'm just maybe the three people who I don't judge very harshly for that result. Do you have anybody else going down on the Vimeometer? I don't like there. Yeah, I, I'm surprised you've got three people going up, but uh, I'm willing to hear you out. Like you could put everybody down if you wanted, but that would be a long and boring segment of the show. Let's see who's going up. <laughs> well, do you know what? I only added in one there now because I was thinking about him and I wanted to talk about him when it was nil nil. Emmy Martinez. I don't know if he should be going up because he conceded three goals. <laughs> but um, the, the first game he played was against Sheffield United, and I said I like the cut of his jib. At nil nil, you know he's he's just always making the right decisions. He looks so solid. I was just again thinking, how is nobody else bought this guy? <laughs> like this, I can't believe that Villa just came and got him. Well, and don't... again, it was just that it was it was jib. You know, like you look at Nyland, he doesn't like he just know straight away this guy doesn't have it. You look at Loris Carius, you know this guy doesn't have it. You look at Martinez, and it's it's not peacocking like Joe Hart or or Pickford try to do. You know, because that's obviously like, it's like. You're not cool if you're trying to be cool. Before you're trying to look confident, they don't look confident. Martinez doesn't need anybody else's <laughs> approval or validation. 
he just you know he's comfortable with himself and what he's doing and Do you, yeah i just like him do you know what else he's comfortable with catching the ball i've he, never seen anybody catch so many shots he just eats it's, them up it's so surprising like he obviously didn't hold the first one tonight which is really annoying but you know the number of times you see him put both hands behind the ball and catch it in a dive it's it, it far outstrips any other keeper i can think of um no, Martinez was very good tonight. Then there was a stage in the first half where I was thinking, ooh, Jesus, this would be a different game if Nyland was playing. Yeah. I was thinking, like, this is why I was thinking Villa could win this. You know, it was like, oh, he's paid for a good keeper. We've got a really good one. So he is going to keep us in it and we might just nick someone here or, or two. Um, Obviously, it didn't pan out that way, but it will pan out that way. And all like the, the Sheffield United game is a perfect example. You're 1 0 down there with a different keeper. Saves yeah. an amazing penalty. Looks really good. Villa score. That's <laughs> it. Um, going up, Matt Cash. Without a shadow of a doubt, Matt Cash was absolutely brilliant, and he was playing for two men as well. Yeah, like he, he was, he was fantastic tonight, which is really surprising as well because you know Leeds fans might be thinking Harrison was their best player tonight. Yeah, Matt, Matt Cash was Aston Villa's. It, it it can't be it can't be understated just how much pressure he was under through no fault of his own. Like Leeds came down left time and time and time again, and Cash wasn't helped in any way more than he was for the previous attempts. Like it was just always him on his own, and so many times. Like I just, it was like he just went into that mode. He knew straight away from the first half this is going to be a tough night, and he was just tuned in for everything. Like every little tackle he was up for. It. He was he was getting a lot of knocks in the first half as well. He kept bouncing back up. And again, like Leeds just kept coming, and so did he. He kept answering the call, and it's funny because I think we had asked the question of why were Villa, why was he Villa's first signing because they didn't need a right back. They had mm. two good right backs. It's become very clear that actually Matt Cash is everything that Fred Gilbert is and everything that El Mahamedy is. He can do both of them. It's not like you're giving up anything when you have Matt Cash. You have a good defender and a really good ball player as well. Yeah, it's, it's actually just a quick quick sidestep. At halftime, whenever Barkley was given out to Trezeguet, Elmo was walking out with Trezeguet, and I was like, Jesus, I would love Elmo on now to give Cash a bit of fucking help because he has <laughs> run himself into the ground in this first half. But I think I, whenever you see a defender put in as many slide tackles as Matt Cash tonight, I always question that defender. It's like, well, you know... You must be out of position if you're having to slide tackle every couple of seconds. Yeah. But um, geez, it was the the rest of the team was out of position, and Matt Cash had the firefight for them tonight. He was absolutely brilliant, and to to put in that many slide tackles and not to put in not make one foul is is remarkable. He was he was fantastic. Going up, Douglas Louise. Definitely, Matt Cash and Douglas Louise were the the only two I could think of. I didn't I didn't have Martinez in my head because because he's a goalkeeper. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, Doug, Dougie was very good tonight and he wasn't given any help by the two lads either side of him. That's it. And yeah, he, he, he especially in the first half as well, but even the second half, he just won a lot of ball and I can't remember him giving anything away either. He came back out and he, he ran with it quite a bit through his own half, through bodies and took Villa into better positions. Yeah, he was... Uh, Villa lost in spite of his efforts. Yeah, and I said... Whenever Villa went one nil down, everybody slipped into all the worst habits. Dougie didn't. Dougie, Dougie stayed onto the new Dougie for the whole game. It was it was brilliant to see, but you know, pointless in the end. Yeah, do you like Clem? We didn't take a ninetieth minute penalty award. Oh, <laughs> poor Dean Smith. Four two three one into a four three three. Neither worked again. I just have written down what what we expecting. Yeah, like neither. What did you want him to do? Like Villa were playing four three three or some variant of it tonight. I don't, I don't think this is this isn't the same as letting Glenn Whelan had a penalty. Never mind in the ninetieth minute. <laughs> I I think it was clear though that Villa needed. I think you mentioned two blocks. Like they needed help on the wings. Like you know, that that if that means playing four in midfield, then that's probably what they had to do. I, I, you could have told Jack and. Trezeguet to get back a bit more maybe and tuck in and make it a flat five four in midfield I think would have been would have been a nightmare well this actually leads into this one one sub when you're being ripped apart and everyone is fucked as well they're all knackered 
you know, if you do change, like you can change formation. You can bring Davis on, play two up top. You've got, you do have options there. Again, they're not the same standard, but they're they're options to change what's happening because what was happening wasn't working. Yeah, I mean, I just, I just don't. There's there's absolutely no way you can play a four in midfield against against that Leeds team the way they're set up. It just wouldn't work. I mean, I was watching. I was watching the PSG Man United game there the other night and started the second half, PSG were absolutely destroying United. And then somebody, I suspect it wasn't Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, switched <laughs> United's system from a three. They were playing three against three. And then United went to this box formation and kind of just boxed out the Paris Saint-Germain midfield. That worked against Paris Saint-Germain's midfield because they were all ball players. Leeds United aren't. They're just all running past everybody, so you, you needed to get you need to get bodies behind the ball. Like that wouldn't have worked against Leeds. Four four two definitely wouldn't have worked against Leeds. I think. I, I think. I think it was just it was just as simple as bringing everybody bringing back two blocks. That was that was what they needed to do. It needed to be a four five one, and then you needed to have the energy to get up a Watkins. Did he have the players to do that? I don't think so. It just ma- it just makes the chances to score the first goal all the more heartbreaking. Yeah, so annoying. Like you know, if Grealish scores, if Kansas goes in, good effort. It's, like it's not nothing that should be scored by any means. If Grealish is one on the line or Trezeguet beforehand or Trezeguet before that, when he has a chance to get to the box, if if any of those go in and you're one 0 up, then yeah, you're playing Leeds in a much better position. The way Wolves were, I suppose, you can sit back and you can just keep them out. You don't have to run with them anymore. Yeah, look, it's, it's it's disappointing. The last one I have here for the UDAC Glen, we didn't take a 90th minute penalty award. Oh, look, we got nine points on board. We've beaten Liverpool. Now we don't need to buy any more players. <laughs> was the Liverpool game before deadline? Yep. Yeah, it was, unfortunately. The worst thing that could have happened to us. Yeah, yeah. The squad needs fleshed out. We know that. and But luckily, this is a, a strange season and we're going to have another crack at it in 10 games time because the January transfer window was only around the corner so is it just is it open in January as normal January the 1st ah fucking brilliant oh that's grand it's like the next game's November the next game's right. against Southampton as well so that's another 30 points and we're 11 points off the drop <laughs> we've got we've got a few games that, that's about 9 games to spare before you really have to start sweating it <laughs> right that's dragged great. into this already <laughs> We're second. We're one point off the top of the table. <laughs> I was texting some Liverpool fan was uh, wind like he would give me grief. What was he? I don't know what. Oh, he was. He, oh, he didn't even watch the Villa Liverpool match. So immediately, I'm already thinking, all right, you don't really like football if you're not watching your team. And um, take. Oh, didn't realize that there's three deflections. You know, some some nonsense like that. And I was like, let's take the deflections out, even though we obviously shouldn't because it's football. You know, we still fucking hammered you. Yeah. And uh, anyway, I was just sort of bragging about Villa being second or whatever. And I was like, no, no matter what happens, we're, we're going to be second. And he, he did hit me with a good one. He said, you should put that on your shirts. <laughs> <laughs> um, like, we, we are second. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm very much looking over, over the shoulder. Questions we can't answer, but probably will. Is Matt Target going to get through his entire career without having to do one conditioning session? <laughs> yeah, Matt Target's really in the Wayne Rooney category of body shapes, isn't he? Yes. I like my, my girlfriend said to me last season, we were watching a game, and she was like, He's like, you're in better shape than that guy. She was trying to give me a compliment, and it was Matt Target, and I was like, that's... <laughs> That's just not a good example. Like, I fucking hope I am. <laughs> He's got a pudgy belly. You know, he was lifting up his top. I think they cleaned the ball for a throw in. And she was, like, very impressed that her boyfriend <laughs> looked in better shape. And was like, if you had to pick any other player, you wouldn't have thought that. It's just a bad, <laughs> a bad player that's popped up on screen. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's, he's, he's terrible. This is the other thing about Matt. Matt Target was 20, just about to turn 24. Whenever Villa signed him, it's twenty five now. Yeah, yeah. Like I think it's it's twenty five last month, and he like he hadn't played very much football. Maybe that's why he's not in good condition. But like <laughs> he like he 
he hadn't made. I know Ryan Bertrand is fine, but like you know, Target didn't get a sniff of it against against him and the Southampton team. Mm. You know, you really wonder about the the signing. Like you know, what what had he done? Who did he? How did he show anybody he was good at football? Because he wasn't fucking playing any. I don't know. I don't know. I just like I saw that interview with Jack Relish there recently, where they asked who's the worst in the gym in Villa, and he just said Matt Target with a shadow of a doubt. Didn't even think about it, and then he was laughing just you know talking about how I, he said I bodied him the other day in training as well. It's, you know he seems to get on with Matt Target, but obviously it's just has no respect for his for his physicality. That's so grim. It is because he's one of your two fullbacks. He's going to be playing every fucking match. Next one, I only have three of these. What's happening in that changing room tonight? So, yeah, there was shots of them coming off. You know, Dean Smith's just giving everybody a fist bump as they're going off. I think Dean Smith's coming in, trying to keep it positive, trying to not talk about it. Just be like, all right, like, you know, we've got nine days now to Southampton the match. Forget about this one, lads. Let's move on. I think Grealish is in the corner throwing his boots down, sort of cursing under his breath, wanting to have a go at Matt Target, but just just not, not Roy Keane enough yet as a captain to have a go at Matt Target. You know, like that, that's really now a position where you should be sending my target. You need to have a fucking look at yourself. Get, like, you know, anybody who is fucked after that match, we're all going back in the training now tomorrow morning. Obviously, then the conditioning coach will come along and be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'll, just, <laughs> <laughs> I'll decide that. But I'd, I'd rather just have a, maybe not a full on Roy, but just a few people they, they realize, like, you know, I, I'd say there's somebody there. I'm trying to think. It's not Mings, but somebody is now saying they're. they're that sort of negative approach where it's like, we thought we were good lads, shows that we're not. <laughs> I don't know who's doing that, but somebody's doing it. Like, what do you think happened after the the Villa-Liverpool game in the Liverpool changing room? Like, Villa, Villa, were, Villa were caught out badly tonight, but I, I wouldn't go, I wouldn't go fucking back to 1990s Roy Keane. <laughs> In the in the dressing room now, like you know, it's, uh, times have moved on. Even just conditioning coaches, you're right. But like, like it was a it was a disaster tonight. They were found out badly. But like Dean Smith always keep, that's his go to position is keep it positive, which is fine. It clearly works. Villa are a good team. They were oh. brilliant in the championship. Who who was it that said? There was an interview somebody recently and. They said that he's always positive. It was Mika Richards. It was Mika Richards. He was talking on Sky Sports and he said he's always positive. Sometimes you wish he wasn't always positive or like as positive. Like he almost he said he was too nice. Like it, it didn't mean that he was too nice. It, it meant that he was too nice with his feedback sometimes on the players. Whereas like they knew sometimes that someone was wrong and he probably could have given it to him a bit more. Right. What do you think, I think Mika Richards should shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck has Mika Richards ever done for Aston Villa? <laughs> Dean Dean Smith got Aston Villa promoted from 14th in the championship. <laughs> Mika Richards was just there collecting 40 grand a week while that was all happening. <laughs> yeah, but he seems really sound on Sky Sports. Ah, he does, yeah, but like I don't want fuck I don't want to be reminded of Mika Richards' time at Aston Villa, it's least of all by Mika Richards, especially <laughs> if he's going to be slagging us off. <laughs> well, this leads me into my last, my last question that we can't answer. Are Villa fucked now? <laughs> I can answer that. There's no way Villa are fucked. They're, they're playing Southampton next. Like it's, it's a like it's a good game because it'll be. It'll still be high energy the way Hassan Hoodle plays as well. So Villa will play against a team kind of like Leeds, but a really shit version of it, and they'll get back on their feet because they'll be okay. Like they'll they'll beat Southampton. It'll be grand, and they'll be back on top then, back on top of the, t- the table as well. <laughs> but you see, this is it. Like I, I, I look, it's not lost on me. Obviously, tonight's really annoying, and it's 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 cold. The body's cold, but. Yeah, you know, six points against Liverpool, Leicester, and Leeds. If you, I look at that beforehand, and it's like, yes, fucking please give me that. 
but it's just the fact that the the three drop points have come now, like you know, most recently, and it's a hammering. It was very underwhelming, and now they're playing a game at home against Southampton that you're looking at going, oh geez, they have to win that one. There's your games you have to win, and like their next home games against Brighton, who are decent as well. It's it's just suddenly. The same feeling coming into the Leeds match. Like, this is a game, more of a game that you should be trying to win because you always want to make sure you finish ahead of Leeds teams. So just there's a bit more pressure because you're losing going into that. If you had a beat Leeds, lost to Liverpool or lost to Leicester, yeah, but it would they, have been great. They're not losing getting into this game. They're losing one of five games getting into it. Mm. Like, like, if Villa had have won one of those five games, if they only beat Fulham, nobody would be surprised. Like you know, Villa have done incredibly well in this in this period of fixtures. Twelve points, and they've played Leicester, Leeds, Liverpool, Sheffield United, Fulham. Like they're apart from Fulham, they're all good teams. Yeah, but Mika Richards was saying about. <laughs> <laughs> oh Christ! Now, nah, well, that's it. Um. Yeah, nine days. Thankfully, that that'll. I think my target might be able to recover in nine days' time for a trip to his old boys Southampton. Not a trip; it's it's Phillip Park, so no traveling. Pick ourselves back off the ground. Still second, still in the Champions League spots. We haven't been dislodged as you predicted after the Fulham match, which is a long time ago now. Still going all right. Tonight wasn't good. Follow us on Twitter at the Villa Podcast. Follow us on Instagram, the Villa Podcast Show. If you're enjoying it, please leave a review. Please share it on. Get in touch with us. Let us know what you think. And hopefully we have better days to come. See you later. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.